People ask me whether I believe in God, and I'm like, well, I smoked a joint under a redwood one time, so <laughs> you tell me whether there's anything bigger than us out there. <laughs> You're listening to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. Hello and welcome to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. I'm Trace Savage, uh, one of the hosts of this podcast, I guess. I'm here with my favorite podcast team in America. Angela Jones has her hands in the air for some reason. What's up, man? Uh, Andrea Dinhood is putting her hair. I into also have my hands in the air some <laughs> for a reason. Of, <laughs> some sort of ponytail. Just and to, yeah. Matt Patterson is joining us for the first time ever. Hi, everybody. He does not have his hands up or and is not. You doing don't anything. seem excited at all. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay, I'm really you, thrilled. <laughs> I'm worried that you are not excited to be here, Angela. You said you were not feeling great. I feel amazing. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I just think Matt needs to bring up the energy. That's all. <laughs> totally well, we, Yeah, we're going to have to do that here. Uh, without further ado, the topic of this episode is marijuana with a, a J or an H. Really don't care how you spell it. More care how you give it to me for free. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk a lot about that. Matt has sort of become our resident marijuana reporter. Um, yeah, that's fair to say. That's your beat. Yeah. One, yeah. Of, one of them, yeah. Yeah. That's fair to say. The jail trust is another beat that you've county been government. on. County government, yeah. County, big, big county government fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find county government and weed go together. Uh, it's like you kind of need one to help right, with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Offset. I'm, I'm just kidding about that last bit. Total jokes. It yeah. could be true. Well, after you, after a long day of jail trust meetings. Exactly. You need to relax and reclaim your sanity. Um well, I'm feeling pretty good. It's it's Wednesday afternoon, March 17th. We're recording. This will come out on Monday, the uh, 22nd, I believe. And uh, we're recording on St. Patrick's Day. Two of us are wearing green. Matt was wearing a green hat. Uh, mm-hmm. Andrea I've is not. failed utterly. Well, di- you're not Irish at all. Are I'm you? Probably like some tiny bit. Oh, okay. I think you're still probably. supposed to wear green. Oh, that's just what you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, I think. Yeah, even I don't think it's like whether you celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Oh. I think it's whether other people celebrate. The world doesn't revolve around me? Right. Oh. Um, so I decided, I know no one can see uh, what we're talking about, but I decided to wear my marijuana tie that my <laughs> aunt, oh. uh, our gracious donor, Marsha Smith, uh, bought me like 15 years ago. You know, it was pretty like on the nose back then. Yeah. Now I just wear it she to the Capitol. I, yeah, now I wear it to the Capitol um, on April 20th, mm-hmm. uh, of course. And then I also, uh, for the last couple of years, because there's been big marijuana bills at the end of session, I do, I celebrate pot tie signy die, uh, which is you wear your <laughs> marijuana tie on the final day of the legislative session. So it's pretty good. It's, there's it's so fun. much going on in that building. The, like stoner that- geek Intersection yeah, here, it's like such a cool club. <laughs> yeah, um, it's subtle though. It's not it is. like in your face at yeah, all. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's, it's tasteful. One yeah, time it's I very understated. Governor Fallon wearing it, it was kind of awkward. Um, but she, anyway, <laughs> she didn't know. She did not know. She, uh, I think she was for my deal. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about marijuana. Um, are who likes it? Yes. Okay, Angela, why? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have never slept better. That's. That's terrific. And you have mm-hmm. your medical marijuana card. I do, sir. In Oklahoma. Matt, yes. You do? I do, yeah. What is your, why do you like marijuana? 
Uh, I just think it, for me, it's, it's like Angela said, it's a little bit with sleep. It helps with that. And just, just general, like anti-anxiety. Can I get real with y'all? Yeah. Like sometimes my head just goes down this deep, dark hole of just pointlessness but if I've had my miracle medical marijuana, which I haven't had yet. It helps with speech impediments. But I need it. Yeah. Um, but if I've had that, then I I can go, oh, I'm doing that thing where I just needlessly stress and, and uh, worry myself. I don't need to do that. Like I'm able to notice it and stop it hmm. uh, just really quickly. Whereas I spend the rest of all day, every day, not being able to do that. So that's that's it's so helpful. Now, you're more you're a more recent uh consumer of this medicine mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Matt, it's fair, it's fair to say that I'm not. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, same here. Uh, so yeah, you sort of come to this uh-huh. uh, recently. And are we just going to like skirt around our illegal pot use in high school? Like, are we just not going to talk about that? Did you, I smoked, but I didn't inhale. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, uh, no, that's not, not true at all. Um, <laughs> Andrea, you are not a card holder. I'm not a card holder. I'm fairly marijuana illiterate. Don't love it. What don't you love about it? Uh, the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I just like, I just, I don't know. It's fine. I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other about mm-hmm. marijuana, to be honest. Yeah. Well, do you think it should be le- illegal or legal? No, I don't think anybody should be in prison for it. That's for sure. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. And why is that? Because it grows in the ground? I mean... Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because God put it on the earth? I mean, for, I for yeah. a lot of things on yeah. the earth. It was, it's know. a gift for humans. Okay. Uh, okay, great. So that's our uh, introduction. Uh, and, you know, if you didn't know anything about marijuana... Um, I don't know that you're going to learn it in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> THC is the active ingredient that gives you the feeling of being high. Uh, but there's all sorts of other things in there uh, that, uh, you know, uh, interact with your body in other ways. There's something called terpenes that I know nothing about. Uh, because my big beef with the medical marijuana program in Oklahoma, which I just might as well get out and say it, is that I have basically learned nothing more about my marijuana consumption now that it's it's legal. And it's a, it's a medicinal uh you know, usage that I have. I have a, a license, or I did, uh, until um, complications with the Medical Marijuana Authority uh, have caused mine to expire, and I can't get renewed because I didn't see the thing about how I had to have a new photo. <laughs> I went through the four different photo options the first time two years ago, and I was just They're like, picky about the photo. I was like, I'll just send the same one because I know it's the only photo oh, of me no. that they'll <laughs> use. And then they were like, this is the same photo you had before. You clearly don't look anything like you did two years ago. So resubmit. So I'm still waiting on this. It's just driving me up a fucking wall. Um, so, you know, because I don't have my anxiety medicine. <laughs> and the last place I went to and purchased, like right before the card, I got, it was just terrible. They did, they were not in compliance with any of the rules. Like there was no information. It was just the woman used like a Sharpie and just like wrote on this label illegibly. Like a true doctor would. What I, what type (laughs) of marijuana it was. There's no, there was no testing. It smelled bad. It was awful. The guy, but the guy who was at the door checking licenses was a former, like a veteran clearly who was, was just strapped, had like knives yeah. attached to his bulletproof vest and had like a Glock on his hip and just, you know, also, I mean, it was just insanity, just 
just bullets all over his, you know, clips on his vest. And but he was there and he was eating barbecue. He was having a good time. I have this I have lost the thread of this. <laughs> we've talked about this before. Barbecue. But we've talked about this before, but you have like the worst choice of. I mean, you. You've, I don't like. Never any, I've never found a good dispensary. Yeah. I've, have you I've ever yet used to find a good dispensary? Leafly or Weed Maps or I, kind I of. I did have one of those, and I deleted it off my phone because it's usually because it's just because they're everywhere. You drive down May Avenue and you can't throw a dead cat out the That's window true. without hitting. Why are uh, you yeah. throwing dead cats out the window? What else are you supposed to do with them? Oh my I think gosh. that might improve your experience overall. Really? If you. If you Who's, what is your favorite dispensary? Uh, you, can we name names? I don't. I don't well, know. What's wrong with that? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't. Because they're not sponsoring this yeah. podcast. Uh, I'm sure I, they'll be thrilled if you name them. <laughs> I like. There's a place called Likewise Cannabis. They have multiple stores in Oklahoma City. They're really good. Uh, they have a drive-through, which I really like in, in the pandemic era. Um, Native Brothers on May is a good one. There, there's some there's some good dispensaries out there if you take the time to just kind of go through it and and look at the read the reviews. Right. You know, and this is not what I'm. Yeah, and I. So you're going on a blind date. I'm going on you know, blind. Yeah, I'm going in blind. I'm running into guys That's I exhausting. used to coach in high school baseball, like work in the counter, you know, and, and they're like, Coach Savage. And I'm like, ah, hey, what's up, man? You know? <laughs> uh, so it's just a tough deal. Um, I, I probably am complaining too much. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be complaining if like the the process for getting if it just seemed more legitimate and maybe I'm biased about it because in college I had the opportunity to meet Dr. Drew, uh, you know, of the, of the radio uh-huh. and CNN and all of that. Uh, I met him at a condom conference actually in Austin, Texas. Uh, it was great. Yes. And so, uh, Trojan condoms flew, flew me down there. I don't know. Uh, anyway. And, uh, so I, glamorous. So I interviewed Dr. Drew a couple times in the, in the subsequent years. I did a Q and a with him on, about sex. And then I did a Q and a about, uh, marijuana. And I was sort of like asking him about medical marijuana and, and, you know, keeping in mind that he also said that like the novel coronavirus is not worse than the flu and, you know, all the things that have been proved wrong. But he was basically saying, look, the reality is that medical marijuana programs are just a a, a step toward recreational legalization. He was like Mm -hmm. most of the arguments that a lot of people make now there's, there are, there are specific, um, high density, you know, THC usage for, you know, really severe, uh, medical conditions, certainly but for things. the average individual, you know, it, it is, it is a recreational choice. And certainly it is for, for me. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, okay. It helps me to sleep and it helps with my anxiety and things like that. But it's also, you know, if I didn't have it, I would go through a, sleeplessness withdrawal because you know obviously i'm chemically addicted to it right so it's just it, you know what like the idea that it one day became medicine and, and previously it wasn't i have a question i've never navigated the system before you're talking about these like ultra high concentration things but you can still as long as you have a card and it seems like to have a card you basically need to find the right doctor and be like i get headaches right um <laughs> Just like that, right? It's actually, it's actually easier than It's that. even yeah. easier than that. <laughs> Whatever you do. But then can you just like access that ultra high THC stuff or do you have to like go through some extra process for that? I, I think there's a cap. Matt, you might know better no, than me. You, you can get whatever. I mean, you're able to buy whatever. It can be up to anything really. And, and it, like a, a typical cartridge, which are what a lot of people like, that's going to have like a 93% 
some cases higher THC content in it. So for like a vape, for a vape cart, that's really potent. Um, but so, but there are certain strains of marijuana that the like the a flower that the bud comes out and it is of you know if it's a thirty percent uh, THC they can sell that for research for you know a thousand. $5,000 for that bud or something of that nature. But you like, you so, as the consumer are making these decisions. There's not like an extra the, step. That's correct. To You're making decisions yeah. and, and it's on the packaging of like, you have to really be knowledgeable. Okay. If I'm buying a, a, a thing of cookies or, or whatever, I need to see, is this a, you know, is it a hundred milligrams per cookie or per, you know, package or, you know, you have to really you know, factor it down a lot of like 10 milligrams is fairly standard for an edible. Right. But sometimes yeah. you get one and, you know, it's 50, you know, and you're, and you, if you don't realize it, like that can go really, really poorly. So, but, so what I was going to complain about just to vent more, <laughs> and I'll, I guess I'll feel better if I get, you know, an email during this podcast where they're like, your license is renewed and, you know, by the way, <laughs> go to this likewise place. This is why we're doing this this week. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to get a message yeah, I out. I'm just, I'm just gripey and grumpy. Uh, no, I, I had so I have these questions, right? Like I don't really understand terpenes, and I don't really understand. I know that like you know, uh, sativa is going to be kind of an upper, and indica is going to be kind of a downer, and you know, I try to have a little bit of both. So if I'm smoking before bed or whatever, I smoke an indica or an indica dominant strain. It or sounds whatever. like a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but I have a lot of questions about it, right? So the first time that I got this license, like you have to get a doctor's who's registered with the state to, to prescribe marijuana. Not every physician is. You have to get them to fill out a form and then, you know, write like optionally what the, C, the ICD-9 code or ICD-10 code is for your condition, back pain or what sleeplessness, whatever. Um, so anyway, the first time I did it, I went like to a marijuana, you can't, they can't have patient drive events anymore. Um, but at the time they could. And so I just went in there and, you know, Talked to the guy and, you know, he put his stethoscope on my on my back and, you know, 10 minutes, five minutes later. He was like, you need some weed, son. (laughs) And I was like, this was so like awkward. And I was like, is this legal? You know? And so I left and I paid him like two hundred dollars cash or something ridiculous. And um, that was like really early, you know. Uh, Well, now this time, okay, I've been, you know, I have these questions. I have these concerns, you know, uh, I'm trying to figure some things out with my own, you know, in the broader scheme of my health. But like my actual doctors like aren't registered to, to provide medical marijuana. So they don't, they probably don't know anything about it really. And two, I can't go to them, you know, uh, to, to have my patient card renewed or whatever, or get the form to then renew my patient card. So you can go online, you know, you can just find, I mean, take, you can get an appointment in, uh, you know, two days, go online. So I, I do that. I pay this dude a hundred dollars upfront, which was my first mistake, right? Like problem, you know, so I'm, I get like I'm in the state capitol and I'm like in the broadcast press room and I'm I'm locked into this computer and I'm waiting for the doctor, waiting for the doctor. And it like it like kicks me out. So I have to like text the number. I'm like, hey. There. So anyway, finally, the doctor shows up and he's just like in his house, clearly with like all these signed baseballs behind him on a on a you know shelf. You have something in common. At, I, yeah, I guess. And so <laughs> he he's like how are you doing today? I was like, great. I wanted to talk to you about some stuff. And he goes, uh, is this a new patient application or is this a renewal? And I said, oh, it's a renewal. And he goes, okay, perfect. Well, listen, all that makes it a lot easier. Um, 
I'll just have this to you within 36 hours. If you don't have the form in your email from even 36 hours, give me a call. Okay, bye. And oh. just ends the appointment. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what, like, but I had questions and I paid you $100 for more than 90 seconds what were of you your gonna time. going to ask him? I was going to ask him. Let us help you. Yeah, well, right. Like you're, <laughs> we're gonna be able, I was going to ask him about, um, uh, well, I wanted to know what, like, what types of terpene things should I look for? Because I have. Do you think, a, do you think he knows that? I actually, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> whether like, I don't know. Most, your average doctor, I don't think knows a whole lot about like marijuana chemicals, right. right? But you would think that the guy who's like got this set up online where I'm the marijuana doctor. he's the doctor, one that's going to sign your paper. He right. might you know, have I some, wanted to talk yeah. about things from my sleep and like some issues I have. I'm frankly, I don't necessarily want to tell the whole world like, hey, here's a, a health concern I have and I'm con I'm interested in, you know, the thoughts of it, but it, but it just to me, it, and I'm going to use a word that has gotten me in trouble in the past with different scenarios, but it just, it was such a farce. It was just a farcical medical, the idea that it was, the, the idea that anything I've experienced as a medical marijuana patient in the state of Oklahoma has anything to do with medicine to me is, is just farcical. So it's, it's totally up to me what I want to use and what I want to do and, and, and nobody cares because people are making a lot of money on it. The state's making a lot of revenue on it. And it's just, there's, there's, I can't find anybody who actually gives a shit about my health as it relates to my use of marijuana. Mm -hmm. So I was going to say Politico wrote this, published this big piece about Oklahoma marijuana recently, how it, right. like we used to have like some of the strictest laws in the country. And now we have like the biggest marijuana industry in the country. Well, West. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was basically saying like the way this market operates, it's like recreational in all but name, right? It's like right. The, mm -hmm. there's just this like thin veneer of it being yeah, medical, which seems true, right? It does. I think feel it's true. true. I mean, I Colorado has a they have actually a medical program and a recreational program. And so if you go to a dispensary in Colorado, there's a good chance there might be a side of it that has medical and wreck on the other side and if you if you don't have a medical license you can't go in the medical part and supposedly it's more potent stuff they're selling on the medical side i don't know for sure but um, well it's I been a while it, but but I, I don't know that potency is you know i mean that i mean it's you know I, that's what i think is sort of silly is the idea that it's medical if it's more potent meaning it'll 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 fuck you up more like that's right. that's what the that makes it more I, medical than than other marijuanas. Right? Some of the questions you seem to want to know almost would be like questions I'd ask, like somebody knowledgeable that sell at a dispensary. At a dispensary, that, that, and I don't know where any of those people are. What right? you want is some person who's been growing their own plants since like 1965 and just reading Done all, all the research. Yeah. Well, I don't think you, the want, the I don't you want a pot doctor. This, you just well, want like a really serious stoner. Well, and the pandemic <laughs> that's has true. Made it I think worse. I think that's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, I think the and pandemic has made it worse. And I don't want to say that, like, again, there are and, and I can't off the top of my head, you know, I don't want to try to butcher the names of conditions, but there are very serious medical conditions for which people need Absolutely. more potent sure. uh, THC and 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 that there are treatments for, you know, uh, I mean, you, you've seen stories about children with seizures and things Absolutely. of that nature. And yeah. and hundred percent, I believe that that is a, a proper medicinal use of it. And I would argue that for my own self, I, I have self-medicated right with, with medical marijuana for a long time. Um, but I guess the frustration I see is that there's not really a good avenue to take it to 
to, to improve my self-medication, right? Like I can't, like the, there's a giant schism between um, the rest of my healthcare and the, my medical, the medical marijuana program that I'm, I'm a part of. I wonder too, if you're like someone with a, you know, kid who has seizures or you have a cancer patient with like really serious pain or something like, are you just like rocking up into these dispensaries and like asking the 25 year old who works right. there? And, and, the, and see, so when this, when, when the program was implemented after state question 777, 779, no, which was it? We don't 788. Know. 788. Oh, there we go. Um, the state questions all run together. After state question 788 passed, uh, you know, the the state had to set up that that was a statutory uh, state question. So, you know, there was an attempt by the State Department of Health to really rein in um, and they, they wanted to have the rules uh, require every dispensary to have a pharmacist at the dispensary. And at the time, I thought, well, that's I mean, that's going to just keep dispensaries from being able to open. That sounds like the Pharmacy Welfare Act, Pharmacist Welfare Act of 2018. Right. That's what it seemed like to me. Well, I don't know. Uh, I just think there needs to be a happy medium. Like we don't need to have a pharmacist in, in every dispensary at all times, but I feel like I should be able to access better because I just go in, you know, I might go into one of these places you name Matt. People always come up and tell me, Oh, go to this place, go to this place. And I go and it's just like, it seems like the same kind of weird person who doesn't know anything before and the pandemic's made it worse where you know now there's a line behind you so they're only letting one person back there at a time and so you feel like you're rushed i i just it's just it's so you know and like i went into a place the other day and this woman it was just like a the customer service was just so terrible you know it was it was just i was like what you know can i see that edible up on the top shelf and she was like oh and she like comes and gets the step ladder and like comes back and I'm just like what don't go I've there. Never had, like I've never, never had any again. experience. I just, I just, yeah, maybe it's, it's you, Trey. It's me. I, 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 I need to wear my marijuana tie so they know. So they know treat you're serious. Nicely. But I, I mean, I you know, again, I'm just grumpy about the whole thing. Let's Do you want it to be recreational instead of would that I, fix this issue? You know, I don't know that it. I, I don't know that recreational would fix this issue. And I guess I was talking, I, I just think it would be more honest if it were considered recreational. But then somebody was talking to me at the Capitol about that, how she doesn't want it sold at 7-Eleven. She doesn't want the medi- the marijuana cookies to be next to the normal cookies when her but well, that's, like It's regulated like alcohol or something. You still treat the, it as a well, substance. First of all, there's no place in America where that's happening. Okay, let's, there's right. no, 7-Eleven, by the way, kicked out all their dispensaries. You know, they typically at a 7-Eleven, they'll have a retail space next to it that they own the property and lease out to other mm-hmm. like liquor stores or whatever. Well, dispensaries were renting some of those spaces. Recently, they've kicked them all out, 7-Eleven has. Because 7-Eleven is Texas owned. Yeah, I think there's some kind of, we- I mean, whatever their reasoning is, they've kicked them all out. So I don't think they have to worry about, you know, uh the ho hos are next to the, you know, the the hoo hoos. The, 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 uh, well, the, the I mean, that's a ridiculous. I mean, that's just like like reefer madness shit, right there. The wine coolers are next to yeah. the I mean, that's green just, smoothies. They don't sell in Colorado, any of these states. You don't go into a Seven Eleven and buy weed and then pick up a six pack. They're right. two separate businesses, and that's the way it always will be. I mean, right. I can't imagine it. Being I guess it would be because all these people who've opened dispensaries don't want to let Walmart sell. Right. 
Yeah. And I mean, Oklahoma is. They didn't had, want to let Walmart sell wine for a long exactly, time. Well, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Like alcohol in the state has been like regulated up and down for so long, right? Less so now. Yeah. Like so, it's clearly possible to do that. Well, I do think it's. I do think it's interesting the, the idea that you have to get a license from the state to grow your own marijuana in your own backyard, right? Um, like I think under a recreational program, that would not be. True. You know, I I think it would be a harder. So, like, why would you regulate it at that point if it's just legal? But I don't know. Um, Okay, so to move our podcast forward, I think uh, we had a historical nugget. Historical nugget time? Oh, wait, I was not prepared for this one. Okay. There we go. One second, I'm way behind. Okay. It's great. This 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 part, we should have gotten stoned for this. I podcast. feel like we secretly did and then forgot. No, I we did not. We this would be going. No, we did we it. Did. No, we did not. It just sounds like it. Um. So yeah, I two little parts to my historical nugget. First was that I was just kind of googling marijuana history in Oklahoma. Found out that in 1983, the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs started using helicopters to search for. Um, marijuana fields, which was apparently a big program for a really long time. This is a very recent history. It was going on, I think, until medical marijuana. Yeah, no, maybe they it would, still goes on. I don't they, know. They would. Uh, the urban legend always uh, was that they would round up marijuana and they'd they'd strap it to the bottom of the helicopter and they'd fly it back <laughs> to Max Westheimer Airport or wherever it was that they'd burn it at. You know, and then they had the whole thing a few years before the marijuana program where they were spraying it with like a, a paraquat. Paraquat. What's that? And so, it's a, like a pesticide. Yeah. Oh. It, it was, and it, then they'd have to put things out on the TV to be like, if you find marijuana in a field somewhere that's bright red, Stay don't away. smoke it. It'll kill you. So you like the state was out there. Like trying poisoning to, the marijuana. That's, yeah. That seems it really a, bad. It was a scan- they, I think that's gone by the way. Yeah, they stopped now. doing that. But it was, a, it was a scandal because it was. A I used to hate policy. All my friends and I used to get so depressed when we'd see those like newspaper pictures of like these bales of destroyed. Because <laughs> you're like the precious back in the day. Oh, it was, t- I mean, it was just traumatic. <laughs> well, and they'd fly it back with the helicopter, just dropping seeds. Yeah. Every, you know, everywhere they went. You know, I mean, true. I mean, they, that yeah, that would happen. You anyway, know? I I'm kind of curious what happened to that helicopter fleet now and what they're doing. I'm sh- I'm sure OBNDD still has it. Yeah. Do you think they're doing anything with it? They still do. Can I borrow it? I think there's still interdiction and stuff that oh, yeah. happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On marijuana. I, I do think that this, or? I think this has allowed them, like in Oklahoma City, it's, you You don't really even get in trouble with this under an ounce anymore. I mean, so I think this has freed police and some law enforcement up to, to look mm. at, you know, more harder drugs in some ways. Right. I don't have anything to back that up statistically. But with a helicopter, that's <laughs> my question. <laughs> yeah, it's an Air Force. <laughs> so then my other thing is that um, I found this old Time Magazine article from 1943, um, which was introducing its readers to marijuana, which was kind of like a fringe jazz drug at the uh-huh. time. Fringe jazz. Um, and I thought it was funny, so I thought I would read it to you. Yeah. And it says, to its many users, the drug has many names, many of them evasive. Marijuana is called Muggles, Mooter, Mary Warner, Mary Jane, <laughs> Indian Hay, Loco Weed, Love Weed, Bombalacha, <laughs> Mohaski, Moo, Mooka, Grass, Tea or Blue Sage. Cigarettes made from it are Killers, Goof Butts, Joy Smokes, Giggle Smokes, or Reefers. <laughs> we should have gotten, gotten some Giggle Smokes. Goof Butts. I like that. In most U.S. cities, the marijuana salesman peddles his cigarettes in known, to known clients in public places. He is known to his clients as a pusher. His clients are known as vipers. Are Etiquette they? <laughs> between pushers and vipers is necessarily delicate. 
When he wants to buy, the viper sidles up to the pusher and inquires, are you sticking? <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> or are you laying down the hustle? <laughs> what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that in the dispensary the next time I go. I would so think someone was talking about something else. It, I Well, yes. I wouldn't think they were talking about the blue sage. <laughs> <laughs> if the answer is affirmative, the viper says, give me an ace, meaning <laughs> one reaper. Oh a deuce, meaning two, or a deck, meaning a large number. The viper may then quietly blast the weed, in parentheses, smoke. <laughs> Two or three long puffs usually suffice after a while to produce a light jag. The smoker is then said to be high or floating. The, I, I feel like we're watching the, <laughs> the part in Fear and Loathing Las Vegas where they're in the, they're in the uh, district attorney's convention or whatever. Know your dope fiend. Your life may depend on it. You will not be able to see his eyes because of T-shades. Can you reach out to Time and see if they'll just write a follow-up article for Trace that's just like more informative, like the 2021 version of that right. article? So he could feel um, like, like current, current yeah, slang? Like, yeah, what's or? the current slang and like doses and what the hell are terpenes? Yeah. yeah. Even though we oh, do, kind, I mean, that's just like, it's like plant matter. It's well, like, comes the, from like essential oils, herbs, like all trees and flowers and plants like make right. this and we like need it. I don't know how much of it we need, but that's why why like, you're supposed okay. to go outside. You're like, supposed to breathe like air with terpenes which, in it. Which types of strains, here's an example of a question I wanted to ask. You know, which types of strain, how do I know, like every time I go to a dispensary and I'm like, I, I want, you know, uh, an indica that is not going to give me incredible cotton mouth. And people are just like, oh, I don't know. You know, I smoked this one. It was pretty good. Matt, how do you navigate these issues that Trace uh, really challenging? Uh, well. Deal with the cotton mouth. Well, Matt, I mean, drink your, some water. Pri your primary consumption method is the vape. No. Pen. Oh, wait, you, no, I no. thought it was for a while. I have a vaporizer. Oh, like a tabletop vaporizer. Uh, Fact error. No, that's fine. Well, um. Yeah, I, I think like a lot of the a lot of places will live. There's a, like a, a database of strains that you can find online that tells the various effects of pretty much every strain you can think of. And a lot of times these dispensaries will put like effects like euphoria, relaxation, like what it's intended for or sort of what some of the effects are. So you can have an idea before you buy it. I mean, I don't know if you're doing that or. Yeah. Well, it's in it, with the pandemic, you're now now you can't even like smell it. They don't no. Yeah. They don't let you put it. In, which I've never I've never it. like the smell thing to me is just always just like kind of I don't want to say bullshit, but it just doesn't. You can't tell. I don't think well, you can assess I what I it's going to do for you. By I would have known uh, when I bought this most recent the 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 remaining nugs that I have in my uh, medicine cabinet until the fucking state agency can get its shit together. Uh, the anger. The, the, the anger. The, 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 the remaining nugs. I would not have purchased that if I'd have been allowed to smell it. It smells like barbecue, which is what that guy was eating. It's terrible. Listen, if you are out there and you've been smoking the reefer moose since 1965 <laughs> and you know the answers to these questions, please write us at info at non You're a seasoned viper. Yeah, if you're, I need a good pusher. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to know was just like how long, because it, marijuana is natural. I mean, it is a plant. So like how long have we as humans been into this? And um, I did find 2,500 years ago is I think the oldest at the Jirzenkal Cemetery. There's some pillars with some wood, um, 
burning uh, devices in the top of them. And there's like, I guess, like leftover weed resin. So that's the oldest known, like provable weed usage. So we've been doing this a long time, y'all. Can, can I ask a, a political question? Please do. That's why we're here. Is, that the, is this the big political question? No, this is just, just a small. curious, <laughs> just an inquiring mind. Um, so I know that the marijuana, medical marijuana passed through a state referendum. Was there like legislative support? Like what was the atmosphere around it in sort of like the actual government at the well, time? So it, the best I can recall, uh, there was an effort. There were there were two competing efforts. Um, then Senator Irvin Yin, then Sin Yin, uh, was trying to pass legislation ahead of time to uh, rein in its use for only you know a litany of fifteen uh, medical conditions, and that had people pissed off and that didn't get anywhere. I don't even know if it made it out of committee. I can't remember. Um, he was chairman of the committee. Um, he's running for governor uh, now against Kevin Stitt. Um, and then on the other side of the coin, you had um, an effort to um, craft some to to ad to address some of the uh, issues that people feared about, um, well, that they've had to address in the in the years since, right? Like uh, licensure rules, and um, basically they were trying to set up a framework. Bud Scott was a proponent of that. John Paul Jordan, I think, had the original bill. Then then Representative John Paul Jordan, uh, who had a Superman cape in his um, uh, legislative office. Uh, he, you know, so there, no and then deal. Representative Eccles was sort of on the same uh, vein, which is we need to do that. We need to set up some framework ahead of time. Uh, but but then there was the sort of the marijuana activist community that was very, um, how would I say, protective of the original openness. I mean, there it was a point of pride that we were going to have the most, the least restrictive, um, you know, medical marijuana program in the country, right? Uh, but then there were other people who were like, from a business standpoint, not really knowing the answers to some of these questions makes investment risky. And, you know, uh, because there was no cap on business licenses at the time, uh, there was concern that, that you know, you, you wouldn't have um, you, you, the market might, there would be a bubble. And, and I think there is going to be a bubble. We're actually going to hear from uh, Representative Scott Fettgatter here in just a second. Uh, because there, there, there is, you know, this, this industry is still new. And, you know, I can't claim to know a whole ton about the, the finances behind it, but there are, you know, presumptions that more and more places are going to go out of business over time or potentially, if allowed, sell, you know, their licenses to other places. So at the time, there was a sort of a split. Some people wanted to restrict it because they didn't want so many people. They didn't want me and Matt to be able to have it, you know, unless we had a severe condition. They didn't, well, they didn't want, you know... Uh, um, they're fine if I have it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there were also people who thought, well, we need to make some changes from the business side of it. And, you know, uh, I, I think ultimately it, it's, it's worked out pretty well from an industrial standpoint. Um, but as you noted in that political article, um, you know, there's a lot of concern about land being bought up by foreign, you know, companies and, and uh, you know, uh, 
it's just an interesting it's sort of the wild west of marijuana right i think that was sort of the implication there matt your re- recollection uh that's about how i i remember it as well and and one of the things that's interesting is it seems like a lot of these states are now rather than doing referendums or state questions they're just like unilaterally doing it in the legislature. And I wonder sometimes if that's because they know the answer already. So why have an election? Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, making it medical first is obviously a step to making it re- recreational because everybody has to, you know, change their perspectives, their mindsets. They've got to see that it's going to be okay. Um but it does feel like a safer first step than just, you know, raising up the curtain and saying, OK, this thing that we put you in jail for for so many years, now it's legal, you know, have a good time. I think it's more comfortable to take that medical step first and regulate it. And and that's great. I think while you're figuring out, all, I mean, there's a lot of big issues here. There's like a lot of questions and a lot of concerns. I don't pretend to have the answer for it. Um but you still also have to people have to get used to the idea and accept it as like this is the new thing that we're doing that's okay. I mean, you went from prohibition at one point to now drinking is legal. You know, perspectives have to change. We're at seven. I mean, I think I've seen polls as high as seventy percent of people in the country either want it medical or recreational legalized. So, yeah, I mean, no, I, I think so. Well, so. That's a good lead lead into uh, this interview I, I did briefly yesterday with Representative Scott Fetgatter, uh, talking about uh, he had a, a bill this year to put recreational on a ballot. It did not get a hearing. It might next year. Um, but we talked about a couple different things. So we'll play that now and then talk a little bit about what he has to say. I'm here with Representative Scott Fetgatter, Republican from Oak Mulgee. How are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. Wonderful. Uh, real quick, wanted to talk to you about your medical marijuana bills this year. You've got two bills regarding licensing, I think House Bill 2022 and 2023. Tell us what those do. Yeah, 2022 is the uh, bill that would actually allow patient licensing from any one who had a doctor, doctor's recommendation from any state in the union. Um, and they could, uh, you know, if they came to Oklahoma to visit, if they had some sort of a medical need that they came here, you know, for some sort of treatments or something, they could get a patient's card for two years here. What does the other bill do? The other bill allows transferability of licenses for commercial businesses. So right now you have typically when a business uh, owner starts a business, they have a, you know, they're. They're projected, you know, the projections as to what they want the business to look like, how it's going to grow and what they're going to do in their plan, their model. But typically at the end, they have an exit strategy and that exit strategy is typically to sell that business to someone else and make a profit. One of the problems we have with the medical marijuana licenses is that those licenses are non-transferable. So you, you can go buy a business, but the license doesn't come with it. Therefore, it kind of restricts you on being able to... Um, make the kinds of deals you may want to make with uh, someone on a, on a business transaction like that. Gotcha. Yeah, it is a business. It's a big business. It's a growing business and a growing industry. Um, you've got uh, a lot of regulations in this industry, and you've got a lot of debate over what those regulations should be. Uh, the industry itself has some ideas. I think you've got another bill, House Bill 20, uh, sorry, 2004, that deals with some of that. Is that right? Yeah, so two 
House Bill 2004 deals a lot with the regulatory side as well as the industry requests. Um, it's uh, basically, we took House Bill 3228 from last session that was vetoed by the governor, and which was also the OMMA request bill. We took that bill and we filed that this year, and then we began to modify and change that bill um, based on the information that we've learned over the past year and the progression of the industry. And so uh, a lot of things from 3228 last year are in this bill. The governor vetoed the bill because he said delivery was a, a non-starter with him. So home we, delivery. Home delivery. So we took delivery out and I had it in a separate bill that didn't make it, didn't get a hearing this year. However, you know, the House Bill 2004, we did get it across the line of the House and now I'm trying to negotiate with the Senate on, you know, what they will do and what they are not willing to do on that bill. Okay. What uh, overall the biggest changes that you think the the public could expect if, if these bills pass? Uh, and there's other measures out there to change what entity oversees the licensure, right? The Representative right. Eccles has a bill to move it from the health department to the alcohol beverage law enforcement uh, in, in, agency. Yeah. So, um, you know, the biggest problem we've had in the industry, as far as, you know, the citizens of Oklahoma have expressed to me, not the industry and not the advocacy for marijuana groups, but just everyday citizens that I, you know, live in my district is they're concerned about, you know, some of the nefarious activities that they see or hear about going on, especially on our rural counties. You have a lot of people that are buying up, um, all the properties that are available and they're paying, you know, over what the uh, value of price of the property is, which is creating a bubble uh, in our rural communities. And then, and, and it will pop at some point, but you know, there's just a concern about the, the number of grow operations. I mean, you have about 54 patients, 58 patients for every grow license in the state of Oklahoma. So that tells you that you you have way too much, um, marijuana being grown based on supply and demand. There's not enough demand to keep, you know, there's way too much supply for the demand that's out there. So what you have, and, and they saw this in Oregon, was you, you start having people, you know, um, sending that off into the black market, selling it to other states and those types of activities going on. So in 2004, it's a combination of the industry asks and as, as well as, um, you know, giving more authority and, and powers to OMMA to actually enforce and, and shut down, you know, people who are not doing business legally in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. And I think there's another bill out there to cap the number of commercial licenses. Yeah. Josh West has a house bill. I don't remember, recall that exact number. Um, I'll find it. But, uh, you know, that bill would uh, cap licenses and it would begin in September 1st. And uh, the bill, the bill has a lot of support simply because of the pushback that we're getting in our districts, you know, from citizens, you know, that, you know, see things going on that they don't care about for the industry. Most of the people I talk to don't have a problem with medical marijuana. Most of the people I talk to don't have a problem with marijuana, period. But they do see the number of grow operations that are, that are building in these rural areas and they, and it's, it's a big concern for them. So Josh's bill would cap those licenses. Currently we have about 10,000 licenses. I think it caps them somewhere around eight. 
Um, and, and, and there would be no, no, everybody would be grandfathered in. So there would be no shutting people down. Uh, but, but you would as through attrition, as people are not successful and those licenses go away, you would end up with that cap. Now I actually talked with Josh West because I didn't see, um, the, the cap bill as being a means to the end, you know, of, you know, the black market problems that we have in the state of Oklahoma. So I talked to Josh about putting a two year look back a two year sunset on the bill so that we could take over the, so it may, it forced us as a legislative body to look at that every two years and determine whether a cap is still necessary two years from now or not. Great. Last question. Uh, you're most known for your prowess as a rock and roll drummer and your ACDC karaoke skills. Uh, how did you become the most uh, uh, authoritative legislator on marijuana issues? So it's funny because the two uh, probably have zero in common. I played in hair bands growing up and, and my hair's still pretty long right I now. I think it's actually, longer than mine right it's, now. It's probably longer than yours. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I I was always opposed to medical marijuana. I was always opposed to marijuana, period. I never liked it. Never, you know, I saw friends that abused it growing up and and had issue with it. Uh, I voted against the state question. But whenever the state question passed, you know, I, it put me in a spot where, A, um, I, I now had to deal with something that I was against uh, my entire life. And B, I felt like if I didn't, if I didn't, take action, that it would be a subject that would just be a sore point for Oklahoma because I didn't see anybody else putting any real interest, I guess you might say, from the legislative point of view into the industry. And so I just dove in head first and have, you know, for the past three years, studied the industry, talked to the industry, went and looked at their, their grow operations and their dispensaries and their, you know, uh, processing facilities and labs. And I, you know, for 365 days out of the year for the past three years, that's what I do have conversations about it and learn about it. And, and so it's changed my view and my stance on medical marijuana as well, especially. And at this point, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even opposed to recreational marijuana or adult use marijuana. You had that bill that did that authorized that it didn't uh, get a hearing so far. Yeah, this, I, this I, legislature. I had a, I had a bill this session that would have put it on a ballot in 2022, but we didn't get a hearing this year. But you know, the more I talk to legislators, it's it's been interesting. Um, they struggle with marijuana issues because of the pushback that we're getting in the districts. However. I, I get the occasional comment of, you know, I would rather us just have a, a recreational program instead of trying to call what we have a medical program because there's no barrier to entry. It's a, it's a farce yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. It's my opinion. Yeah. You'll hear the rest of that on the podcast. Thank you for sticking with us. Representative, thank you for your time. Yeah. Come by anytime. We used to have a drum set in our office. I wish we still did. I, can come. I can come play them for you. That's awesome. Take All care, right. sir. Thank, thank you. you. So when, when I ended that uh, interview with Representative Fettgatter, uh, I turned off my recorder and we were walking to the door and he said, you know, you might you might cut that part about where you said it's a farce. Uh, that'll make people mad. And I said, well, I think I'm going to say worse than that when we have our podcast. So, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what, what were you guys' take on, on what he had to say? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. 
Uh, the numbers were interesting about the the grow operations versus you know per patient. I mean, yeah. that's that really puts that it my... into you know clears it up. I mean, on the on the supply side of it, uh, I, it's a fair argument. You know, whether it's uh, really a, re- a rec program in disguise or an actual medical program, I think it like you. I think it lends toward leans towards you're paying the state of Oklahoma a fee to be able to smoke. You know use marijuana legally right in the state that's yeah. what i think and not have it confiscated if you and not have not not go to jail and not yeah. you know that kind of thing so it's a fair argument to have i mean in some places it's more restrictive than others i think like pennsylvania has a little bit more restrictive program but i think obviously we lean towards more quasi rack yeah. than anything yeah matt i also wanted you to talk a little bit about the new seed to sale program that is I guess, finally being rolled out here at the end of April uh, for the Medical Marijuana Authority? Yeah, sure. For people that don't know, seed to sale is basically tracking a literally what it sounds like, a seed from the time it was just a tiny plant until it's processed into something somebody would buy at a dispensary. So the aim there is to quality control. you know, these a lot. Most of these products go through lab testing. We toured a lab uh, last year uh, in Oklahoma City, and they test for things like pesticides, mineral content, things like that, and THC potency, among other things. Terpenes, which have been a popular conversation mm-hmm. point today. What What are those? I've I don't know. I don't know either. I yeah. already explained it to you. <laughs> I've had people explain it to me. And my eyes have blazed over. Like I part mean, of the reason why people say go take a walk outside is because you're getting sunshine and fresh air. And in that fresh air is stuff that the trees and the plants and the flowers give off. And it's good for you. The, and somebody, that's somebody somewhere is rolling their eyes. <laughs> it's our like, podcast. I know. It, it, to me, it's like cricket. You know, people can explain that game to me all, all day long. And I'm still not like <laughs> I just, there's some things I just can't grasp. Terpenes and cricket. Uh-huh. The, the point Never. of seed to sale no, overall is, is is kind of a safety thing if there we've had a few recalls here with tainted products so this allows for them to track and kind of mi- micro target you know if, if a bad batch of you know vape juice you gets like produced food product right or whatever. exactly yeah. yeah okay okay so i googled and, and i went to leafly.com uh what are what are terpenes in marijuana and the opening uh paragraph epitomizes exactly my dilemma here There's something about the aroma of cannabis that soothes the mind and body, whether it's the sweet, fruity taste of pineapple train wreck or that skunky smell that bursts from a cracked bud of sour diesel. We know there's something going on under their complex and flavorful bouquets. Terpenes are what you smell, and knowing what they are will deepen your appreciation of cannabis. Uh, They're secreted in the same glands that produce cannabinoids like THC and CBD. Terpenes are aromatic oils that color cannabis varieties with distinctive flavors like citrus, berry, mint, and pine. And so I guess there's more than 100 different terpenes that have been identified in the cannabis plant. So I guess my question has always been like, how do I identify what, you know, terpenes are and and are those connected to the experience that I feel when I consume the plant maybe it's not maybe i've just been making this up all the time i don't i don't know i just Gosh, need, if you only had a weed doctor who would answer your question i know that somebody should have like they should they should market like actual consultations with potheads you know what i mean like we, like that's you, a good idea that's a great idea you know yeah, you really don't is. somebody like you're not gonna sell it from me but like well i'll for ten dollars i'll get on a five minute phone call with you and and listen to your 
questions and answers. I feel like that guy's not going to be a doctor. He's going to like live in a cabin somewhere. Yeah, that's fine. He doesn't like- need to be regulated. Like <laughs> this legislature is all about deregulating businesses. This guy doesn't need to be registered with the state. I, I mean, I'm need- all for that guy to have that business. I, that sounds I, great. I, I love that agree. <laughs> um, Okay, so Matt, the other thing we toured a uh, a, a testing facility actually. So I mean, behind the behind the behind the scenes. Uh, all of this marijuana is required uh, to be tested and certified that it doesn't contain like lead and stuff like lead, that. Lead, right? pesticides is a big thing. I mean, you don't want to imbibe something that's got, you know, just loaded with pesticides that are yeah. potentially dangerous. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think there's some even debate over are these testing companies actually doing their job? And I actually bought some marijuana from a dispensary uh and it was just a disaster and i i'm like, shocked it, it made me it made, <laughs> me, so good it, it made me ill it made me ill like horrible headaches and i took it back to him like i had it just laying around because i didn't want to smoke anymore i at first yeah I, I think i smoked it three times and like each time it did the same thing and i was like well this is not good and i took it back to him and they were just like there's nothing we can do Don't go and there i anymore. was like no i want you to report like that this batch made somebody ill and the guy was like this happens every day. And I was like, well, isn't that a that problem? Right. Like, <laughs> he was like, there's nothing we're supposed to report to the medical marijuana authority. He went and like printed out the testing sheet, which, you know, is just gobbledygook. It's just like, yes, yeah, yes, nobody yes. can understand those. Yeah. Wait, so there's no mechanism for him to report that. Correct. And there was no refund. There was no, there was no reefer fund. There was no, uh, <laughs> there, there was no reporting network. And I was like, so I guess I should just go, call the medical marijuana authority and tell them that you like, don't you, he was like, I'll take it back. So I gave it to him, you know, but it was, and it was also, it was also like ridiculously expensive. So, you know, huh. anyway, sounds like, like another bad experience. It was another bad experience. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about the good experiences. Are we like single-handedly undermining medical marijuana in Oklahoma right I think now? Trace needs no. to have like the a list of every dispensary in the city. Are, are we, we have 300? I thought we were like 58. <laughs> well, that's subscribers. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. the overall listeners. The 300. 300? Yeah, I know, easily. guys. We're famous. I know. Oh, man. Um, People are going to be so mad at us. I, I hope we get <laughs> feedback. So, actually, that brings us to our favorite segment. Yay! <laughs> Donor Relations. Okay, guys. So, these are uh, some March donors that we have. Um, let's not let's keep them unaffiliated with our podcast episode topic in any way. These are just some awesome donors that thought of us in March. We've got Adam Brooks, Jim Quillen, Dr. John Uter, Denise Lingo, and Indivisible Stillwater. Thank you for thinking of us. We also have uh, monthly donors that um, sign up to give a contribution every month. We love them. We appreciate them. I want to name just a few of them today Jill Castilla, Nicole Chastine. Leslie Eldridge, Melinda Heights, Jan Hubbard, Riley Siverstein, Stiversten, Riley, I'm sorry, Thad and Nicole Smith, see, I can say that one, Amanda Taylor, Jennifer Lang, Jonathan Cannon, Chad Mullen, Virginia Green, and Lindsey Brend. Thank you guys so much. And if you want to support independent journalism, you can totally do that from our website. Um, or you can always email me at Angela at nondoc.com and I will get you the info and make that easy for you. Yes, also, thank you so much. I just want to 
chime in there. Some of those people I know personally and really means a lot that you yes. guys donate. Yes. Um, and then I just want to say uh, two sponsors, MMR, McSpadden, Milner, and Robinson. Thank you for being awesome sponsors of independent journalism and the State Chamber of Oklahoma. Couldn't do it without you. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Well, uh, we appreciate all that support. Uh, anything else? Are we done? Do I'm we done have- with that. Done. I'm done. I have one more question. Oh, well, one thing I almost forgot. Okay, so imagine that there are 10 $100 bills in my hand right here. Yes. Uh, Now that's $1,000. And you have a chance to win that $1,000 by competing in an event of your choice against the statistical average person at that event. So whatever you pick. So uh, so as an example, there's a dartboard right behind you, Angela. Uh-huh. If you chose darts, you would pick a game of darts and you would play an average human at that game. Okay. So what event do you feel most confident that you could win this $1,000? Well, it has to be like t- sports, right? Some sort, yeah. yeah. Some, some <laughs> Something sort you of, can be competitive at. Yeah. You could say Monopoly. You can say shoe tying. No, that's not copy a copy. No. You can't say shoe tying. <laughs> Don't try to tying. say that. Why is it 10 100s? Can I get like eight of those? Or I just felt like that was oddly at, specific. At this I'm rate, trying. You're only being offered eight. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what did I do? <laughs> you're not answering. Matt, what is your what is your game Gosh, choice? I don't, I'm trying to think of what call, I'm maybe Call good of Duty at. or something. Call like of that. Duty? Yeah. For what platform? Uh I have an Xbox. I've okay. also yeah. Just blasting something people like, away. Yeah. Okay, you could blast some. I guess, um, some probably, I've played a lot of video games over the years. Okay, so, so Call of Duty is what you're going with. Maybe, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a like maybe a Sudoku challenge. I could do like a Sudoku app challenge, okay. like a time. Well, that's good. I'll roast you. I'm okay at crosswords. I think I'm pretty below average at most games. <laughs> But okay at crosswords. I like skee ball. Oh, skee ball. Okay, so you're picking skee ball. All right, that's pretty good. I mean, I think I'm still going to lose, but I'll have a good time doing it. Can I do like an eating challenge? That sounds fun. Win either way. Speed or amount? Ooh, amount. Um, You're going to go, and what are you going to eat? Um, the most uh, who can one eat? of everything. Yeah, just like who can like a hot dog challenge. Oh like God, a, gross! No, like let's do steak. Steak. Yeah, you're gonna. You think you could interesting eat more steak than, than the like average an average Joe? Eater? I mean, not like a professional steak eater, but like I mean, I'm really tenacious. Like I don't. You should do that challenge in Amarillo at that steak place. That sounds fun either way. Yeah, seventy two ounces. Let's or do maybe it. we should have a non doc. Steak off. Steak off. <laughs> okay. The Cattlemen's Association shall be our next call for sponsorship. Uh, I, I highly support that. That restaurant is delicious. This episode, uh, I we, we should have we chonged out the news dungeon. It would have been a lot better. Um, Can we have a steak off next episode? Maybe so. My competition, obviously, you guys, what would I pick? What do you think I would pick? Horseshoes. Oh, there you go. Okay, great. <laughs> on, that, on that note, uh, rate us, review us, like us, say nice things about us, or say mean things about us. Or, or give us your pot, pot wisdom. Ri- yeah, my pot. Pot. Pot problems. Pot probs. I got pot probs. Uh, Till next time, maybe I'll be good and medicated next. <laughs> See you later. Bye. You have been listening to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com production, edited and recorded by Bryce Holland.